here from Comic Books Transformed, where we discuss all of the comic book adaptations from your favorite comics into streaming shows and movies. And Brian, you want to tell everybody that Ninja Turtles actually were comics first, weren't they? They were. Yes. Have you and I ever discussed a Ninja Turtle show or movie on here? Not on our right? podcast, no. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I know that like um, we've talked about stuff, or I've gone on to Mike Bongiorno's podcast, uh, Pop Culture Man Children, and we talked about The Last Ronin. I know you were yeah. a huge Last Ronin fan, right? I was a Last Ronin fan, yeah. Yes. Uh, although I'm gonna, I'm a, there's actually like a continuing series, and I, I'm not up to date on it, but um, yeah, I, I mean, it was that was a cultural phenomenon, like a little resurgence for the Turtles, I think, you know? Uh, yes. A lot of people bought into that. It's a big deal. They're making a video game out of it, which I'm excited about too, so yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to spoil The Last Ronin, but it's, it's certainly dark and it's very different from what we're talking about today, which is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. And so, Brian, when did you end up seeing this movie? Uh, I saw it last Saturday. Oh, okay. So it's been a while. Uh, yeah, it's been a couple days. Yep. All right. Has it stuck with you? Did you did you enjoy it? Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. And in fact, I, I was like really surprised that the, uh, you know, I think it came in fourth in the box office that weekend. Um, really? Which is crazy to me. Um, I, I, I thought, you know, the the kind of stylistic similarities to um, to Spider-Verse and all that, I thought it would do a little bit better. But, like, Barbie is still, like, the you know, the unkillable juggernaut, you know? Wow. Uh, juggernaut. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and then the, the Meg, like, did really good. And Oppenheimer still, too. So it, it came in fourth place at the weekend, which is crazy to me. That. Yeah, okay, it just blew my mind because uh, my wife, like a lot of times when I say I want to go see something or if I want to take the kids to go see something, she's like, well, what's the Rotten Tomatoes score, right? And for this, I think the Rotten Tomatoes score is like 94%. High, yeah. Right? High. You know what, though, too? Uh, you know, I, I referenced Spider-Verse here, and I, I have to keep thinking that, well, that was, again, highly rated. It, I, I keep thinking that it did more finan better financially than it actually did. Mm. Uh, I think it made like $685 million, like okay. worldwide. Which is actually less than the first one, um, oh, but yeah. and and there are other movies that um, you know of uh, you know Barbie is the big story this year obviously, uh, that's the billion dollar movie along with um, Mario. Yeah, uh, those are the those are the two biggest movies of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's weird, right? Like you think you know how a movie's doing, and especially like I like to watch shows where they talk about box office. Uh, you know, results, like whether it's Mr. Sunday with the Weekly Planet or if it's Movie Bob, they kind of will give you an inside look into how movies are doing. And um, just the way that people talk on Twitter, for example, it seems like some of these movies are just smash hits, but it's really just that like people like us really love them. Yeah, it's like a little a little bubble. Uh, you, you don't really see, uh, you know, the, the outside world to it. I kind of I kind of look at it like, you know, you know, one of the, the other big movies of the year, uh, you know, was like the Fast and Furious franchise, like. That's a that's a big deal to some people. I've never seen one of them, and it's, it doesn't even go on my radar. So maybe this, you know, uh, just because we think something's important to us, uh, we, we expect it to resonate more with everybody else, and it doesn't. Right, and and even with that movie though, wasn't it that that underperformed too? I believe so, but I think it made. I mean, uh, obviously, it made more than this so far because it's only been out, you know, not even a week. So yeah, it's crazy, right? Because. The Turtles, like I said, they made like it was like 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Everyone seems to like it. And then the Meg, I think, got 0%. And you're saying oh, that, that they really. <laughs> yes. I didn't see that right for that ranking there, but I still want to see that anyway because I, I don't know. The first one, Jonathan, uh, no, Jason, Jason Statham punched a shark. <laughs> yes. 
I I am kind of looking like Jason Satham because my light is making my hair disappear. I mean, not that I have a lot of hair on my head. So I think for my vanity, I'm just going to turn off this light real quick. Hold on. So what you also need to do, you also need to do is. Oh, uh, good. Oh, yeah, there you go. I was going to full head of. You know, I was going to say, I was going to say maybe instead you should just talk in a British accent the rest of the, the, the review here. But well, I'd be like Grant Morrison. Is that the idea? <laughs> yeah, I have done that before. Um, so anyway, let's actually talk about the turtles because I am very excited about this movie. Um, I just saw it last night with my daughter Clementine. She thoroughly enjoyed it. It's interesting, like the creative team. I like to talk about the creative teams. You know this that um, it it has uh, like two directors as a director and a co-director. The uh, director, the main director, is Jeff Rowe, who did the Mitchells versus the Machines, and then he also did. Um, he was a writer on the show Gravity Falls and Disenchantment. Now, have you ever seen Disenchantment? Uh, I watched a little of the first season, but I, I didn't keep up with it. Okay, was it was it good? Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. it. It's you know, it's medieval Simpson, medieval fantasy Simpsons. You know. Okay. Futurama, yeah. Yeah. Drama because I, I prefer drama. <laughs> right. Uh, Disenchantment's on Netflix, right? Uh, yes, and it's actually ending too. Uh, the, the 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 next season is going to be the last one. Okay. Well. Um, as I was watching this, it's it's funny because I feel like this. You mentioned how uh, Into the Spider Verse or uh, Across the Spider Verse are very similar stylistically to this. These movies feel so different from your typical animated features. Do you agree or no? Um, yeah, I, I do. I, I still do think that it still does share a lot with Spider Verse in particular. Mm. Um, maybe not with you know weird cosmic um alter reality kind of stuff but um just the 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 heart being so centered around family and uh and found family and all that um that i i i just i i still feel that that this that has to be like the biggest inspiration of this movie to be honest oh yeah absolutely absolutely um it you know when they interviewed jeff rowe he said that he wanted to focus on the teenage aspect of the turtles and he said that they used coming of age movies as their sort of their source of inspiration so like in this movie they have ferris bueller's day off like literally on a screen you're watching it he That's also true. quoted other movies like um ladybird and i think um i'm trying to think what the other one was but i mean the director uh, i'm sorry the writers you know seth rogan is one of the writers but then also Evan Goldberg, that's his like partner that writes a lot of things with him. And yep. they did super bad, which that in itself is a coming of age story. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Uh, and then they also did, I mean, they did a bunch of things like uh, Pineapple Express. This is the end, the interview. And then they did Good Boys. Have you seen that one? I have not seen Good Boys, but I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. So that, like, that once again, is about like either like preteens or like teenage kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that Seth Rogen and Adam Goldberg really kind of have an idea of how to like represent like that coming of age, that, that youth kind of feeling. Yeah. And, and especially important to note that, you know, especially with super bad, like that was those characters are, are them. Like, right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Are you a fan of that movie? I love that movie. Yeah. It's yeah. Classic. Yeah. Yeah. They had like such a great run where it was like uh knocked up 40 year old, well, 40 year old virgin knocked up. And then that. I mean, they're not all the same director, I don't think, but yeah, some of those are Apatow, uh, that, that group. Yeah. Yeah. But like, it's like that Seth Rogen crew, you know, and he sort of has brought over a lot of his co-stars from those projects and put them in this movie too. Yeah. Yeah. 
So uh, what did you think about the whole idea of them like focusing on the teenage part? Like th there's all different versions of the turtles. Did you find this refreshing? Did you find like it was like not exactly what you wanted? Uh, no, I, I think it I think it was great. I mean, I, I guess I was a little hesitant in, when they said it was a teenage focus. Um, and then, you know, you, you heard, you know, Donnie's voice was a little young sounding, but which I ended up loving, honestly. Yeah. Um, so like any complaint I had from from trailers that I may or may not have said on this podcast, I, I feel were, uh, you know, gone. Like I have no complaints. Uh, yeah. I, I think this was a nice, nice change of pace from the Michael Bay movie, which I know you haven't seen. Yes. Um, they, I, I, I just didn't enjoy them, honestly. <laughs> um, my son did. I didn't. I, they're like watching those movies. I, I, I understand why people don't like Transformers movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I like. I totally, totally get it. Um, yeah. But the the important parts of this to me is is you know that they they got the family aspects right here, um, and that that's always a big part of the turtles like mythos, uh, I guess. Um, and it, it needs to be there. And uh, you know they're younger, and they have they actually have a similar goal uh, in this movie. To, I feel as the Bay, well, at least one of the Bay movies where they just want to be accepted by people. Mm -hmm. um, they want to enter the real world, which is not something that is often touched upon mm -hmm. in, in uh, other, um, you know, versions. And, yeah. and God, there are a lot of versions. <laughs> there sure are. So there is the original Mirage comic, which is kind of dark and gritty. It was, it was in black and white, right, when it first came out. And you have a couple of issues of that, right? I have, yeah, a couple of old, old, old trades of that. Yeah. Um, I think we both have the same trade where it has that blonde sorceress woman that goes back. Oh, in right. time. Yeah. 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 Or actually she doesn't go like back in time. She goes from the past to the present day and gets the turtles. Yep. And there's that weird, like That's book three. <laughs> what, what's that? That's book three. Book three. Yes. Okay. So that was one of my first, that was my first introduction to the turtles as comic book characters. Cause I yeah. knew the turtles as the 1990 cartoon or 1989 cartoon, I think. It might even be earlier than that, honestly. It might, it might go back as far as 87 or something like that. Okay, yeah, right. Because the live-action movie is 1990. 90, yeah. Yeah. And and that was a big deal. Did you see that in the theaters? That was the first movie I ever saw in the theaters twice. Oh, nice, nice, man. <laughs> that is awesome. How old were you? Uh, 1990, so I was 9, 9, 10. Nice. Okay, yeah. That movie had such an impact on me. I remember seeing it in the theater, too. Just the, the poster for that movie was so yeah. iconic, of them just poking up their masks out of the manhole. Yeah, I, I had that poster on my wall when I was a kid. Uh, yeah. I was um, and, yeah, that 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 was, like, one of my first favorite movies ever. Um, I had a VHS of it. It was one of the first DVDs I bought. Um, actually, no, it wasn't. Never mind about that. I had the VHS of it. I still have it, probably. Yeah, I want to see who I have left. Um, and yeah, I, I watched that movie all the time. Uh, and I, I love that was one of the first times where like I saw something and then went and bought a comic. And I was like, holy crap! Like this is, I mean, it's different, but it's it's what happens in the movie sort of. And I like I was you know seeing seeing adaptation really was one of the first times I realized what that meant. Yes, yes, right, right, exactly. Really good point. Really good point. And so I think that at this point we can start talking spoilers. I kind of want to go into the story a little bit, but when you talk about adaptations, the very beginning of this movie kind of feels more in line with those uh, early Turtles comics. Like it feels kind of gritty and intense. The very first scene of this movie. 
Yes, the first scene with Baxter Stockman, who's experimenting with with views, yeah, and trying to create a family because he feels rejected by the world. Yeah, uh, and you know his first creation is a fly, which is appropriate because you know Perfect. Baxter Stockman flies. Right. Uh, and uh, it, it was interesting to, to you know I w- I had wondered previously why there was a giant fly and why it was called Superfly and it wasn't called Baxter Stockman and you know that, that then you hear Ice T's voice like wait a minute. <laughs> um, <laughs> That yeah. doesn't that doesn't check out for doesn't that doesn't Ice T is not the first person I would think of when I think Baxter Stockman. Right. So, uh, and you know Giancarlo Esposito plays him here uh, for, for a brief few moments, but yeah, it's a pretty little tragic scene there. You, you know, the, the, those uh, soldiers come in, they destroy his lab, they want to take his research uh, at behest of Cynthia Utram, who, you know, wink wink nudge nudge crank. Yeah. Uh, or or the Utrams, uh, whatever you want to look at it yeah uh, and, and then yeah it, it's you know there's there's some some death there uh, my son actually said like i'm surprised that they they showed that in a kids movie but like or they at least implied it in a kids movie that uh baxter Stockman died well yeah no no just some of those soldiers died all that like that like there was uh that and there's another scene later where superfly actually like kills some some people like he was very surprised that that was in a kids movie and he also yeah. said he wish he could have seen it <laughs> <laughs> oh, the flip side to that too. Oh, I love it! I love it. This is that kid that saw Alien versus Predator Requiem. So perfect. Yes. <laughs> um, right, right. So it, it's funny, right? Because I took my daughter. I took my uh, seven-year-old daughter Clementine to go see it, and I was a little bit worried if there were going to be scenes like this, and if it would kind of give her nightmares because it is intense, like you said. It's it's ambiguous whether Baxter Stockman died, but I think they left it that way so that he could come back in a sequel. Yeah, and then as far as I know there's at least one mid-credit scene, but there isn't any kind of like post-credit scene or mid-credit scene with that Cynthia Utram, right? Yes, uh, she's in the scene. Yeah, so it's them. Uh, the, the mid-credit scene was uh, they were examining the uh, the research leftover from yeah. that Superfly collected from the from his from Baxter. Yeah, and uh, they're trying to replicate it, and uh, they're trying to get the capture of the turtles uh, now, and they're sending the shredder to do it. Oh, wow. They tied a lot in there. Okay. Okay. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Was there any kind of suggestion that she was like a suit, like Krang's body? No. Just, I mean, you know it, but I mean, no, no. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So one of the things that you said at the very beginning of this episode was that um, this movie is kind of different from the other Turtles movies or other versions. There's so many different versions, right? Yeah. And a lot of times there'll be major, major differences, especially like with April O'Neil, she'll be significantly different. But then there's a lot of times there's a difference with their like origin and whether or not they're connected to any kind of like ninja clan or not. And uh, to me, when I was watching this, it felt kind of like the ultimate version of the Ninja Turtles. Now, you know what I'm talking about, but other people yeah. are like, what the fuck does he mean? But it's like kind of like the ultimate universe of uh, Marvel comics was essentially like a modern telling of the Mar- Marvel Universe. The, you, so you, you agree with that? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it, it, it kind of, uh, it, it changes how how they're associated with martial arts mm-hmm. and doesn't associate it with any previous ninja clans so far. Yeah. Um, which, you know, uh, and and you said too uh, how this is different. I, I actually think there's, there's a lot of similarities between this and Rise of the Team NT as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, more, the more recent um, uh, animated show that was... Yeah. Uh, only from a few years ago. So you're a fan of that one, right? 
I I'm a fan of most of. Them. I you know what I, I I couldn't. I had a real hard time with the uh, 2011 series, which is the the one that was uh, when they first started being on Nickelodeon. Um, so that was that's the the, the 3D animated one. Um, that's the the fucking the one that's on Netflix right now. That's like the big one on there. Is it where it, it's like starts at like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yeah. You don't like that one? No, it's because I don't I don't like these 3D animated shows because I I just I am so I'm so disappointed that the backgrounds are so empty all the time and it's just like it's just these characters that's all you're gonna get if there's a featured character that's all you're gonna get there's nothing hidden in the background or anything like that and and they can do a lot with storytelling and character development and all that but I I just I like I like when the worlds feel full you know I, I like when they feel lived in and they don't feel artificial and all that and. Um, that's that's the vibe I get out of, the, of shows like that. That's why I, that's why I haven't really watched the Star Wars shows either because I get that same vibe, honestly. And, and Transformers Prime too. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I've seen a bunch of episodes of that, um, probably more than any of the other shows I mentioned. But um, ultimately, like I like the worlds that there's just a lot going on in. Um, it just and I, I feel 2D animation lends itself better to what I like. I. You know what? I think that's actually a really excellent point, and I, I guess that's probably one of the reasons why you like this movie because it, it is like CGI that they use, but they sort of like draw over it, right? Yeah, yeah. But 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 at the same time, like it's it feels the world feels lived in and realistic. You know, um, yeah. you know the, the in the end of the movie, the, it's the Staten Island Zoo. You know, yes, uh, yes. I, I pointed out that one of the pizzerias looks exactly like L and B Pizza in Brooklyn. Oh. I mean, it doesn't say that, but it, like that's clearly it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. I got so excited when they mentioned Staten Island. I was like, yes, that's where the mutants would go. You know. Yeah. Um, but let's 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 keep spinning with this whole different versions of the turtles. Okay, so you don't like the 2011 version? I would but... say I don't like it, but I haven't. Uh, I don't have as much of a uh, of an affinity for it as I do for the other series. Like, I I really love the the 03 version too. Um, mm. like that that was the one that was on Fox. Uh, mm -hmm. That was 2D animated, uh, and it was a little a little grittier, than you know, than and violent than the original cartoon. Yeah, uh, which if you go back and watch now, is like really feels like a little kids show. Um, but the 03 one stayed pretty close to the comics, and I really enjoyed that one overall. Okay, I, I have not seen that one. I think my daughter has like a book that's based on that version, but it's, that's about you know, it. It's actually been really hard to get. Yeah. Uh, it hasn't been in print for the longest time, but very soon, I believe, they're releasing a full uh, DVD version of it, which I absolutely plan on buying. Nice. Okay. Awesome, man. Well, so then let's talk about the comics of Turtles, okay? So um, we already kind of talked about the Mirage version that was the original, like, Eastman and Laird comics and our kind of limited experience with them. And then um, did you buy any of the Archie Ninja Turtles comics? Yeah, I have some of the Archie books, too. Yeah, not as many as the originals, but yes, I, I definitely had them. Okay. Very much more in the range of the sh in the animated show. Yes. Okay. Show. Right, right, right. And so when I was on Mike Bongiorno's uh, podcast, Pop Culture Man Children, we were talking about Turtles toys and we were talking about comics. And I don't think he really knew about the Archie comic. And yeah. so, like, to me, that was a big milestone for me because what was interesting about the Archie comic and then later on in the IDW comics was that um, – they would showcase all these characters that were just toys and you wouldn't always get those characters in the cartoons. Yeah. And if you do, it was very sparingly. Right. Right. So like characters that are in this movie, they fleshed out in those comics, those Archie comics, like Wingnut 
you know, but it, it was like a duo. It was like Wingnut and Screw Loose. Loose, yeah. And a little uh, mosquito, right? And then uh, Leatherhead is pretty much in every animated version of the Turtles. But the weird thing is, like, it's fucking Rose Byrne in this version. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there were some awesome, interesting choices, but I mean, I, I enjoyed everything there. I, I don't think the too many of the mutants added too much, right. other than kind of like background character status, you know. Right. Uh, overall, I have to say that I laughed at everything Paul Rudd said, which I probably said in the trail about the trailer as well. Yeah. Well, he's he's a freaking gem, and anytime you pair him up with Seth Rogen in a project, you know, yeah. you're gonna get gold. <laughs> Um, and we'll definitely talk more about the other mutants too in a minute. But um, I just really liked all the random toys. Like sometimes when you go to like Toys R Us or whatever store back then, like Kmart or Bradley's, whatever the fuck, um, they would just have random figures that people weren't interested in besides the turtles. And you'd get some kind of weird ass figure like Genghis Frog, you know, or or the the cockroach one, Scumbug. Scumbug, yeah. You know, and and as a kid that didn't have a lot of money, I would be super excited whenever I'd get one of those. And then they're in this fucking movie, and they're voiced by like, you know, uh, like the woman from like fucking uh, what we do in the shadows. shadows, Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I like the Archie comics a lot, but then I wanted to ask you if you liked the IDW comics, or have you read a lot of the? Yeah, I I read the probably the first thirty to forty issues or so. Okay. Oh, well, maybe it's more than that. I don't know. I have I, I bought a bunch of bundles of those on Comicsology back in the day, and I read them all all through. Yeah. Uh, and and I think there was like a brief time where I stopped buying comics completely for money reasons or whatever, and and I, I just never really picked it back up again. But funnily enough, my son bought a Turtles comic today from IDW. So nice. Um, Which one? Uh, just the, the main the main book. He bought uh, the most recent issue. So which is up to one hundred and forty one, which is yes, crazy. yes, yeah. I'm actually pretty close to that. I, I get the trades from the library, and so I've read like, like pretty much all the trades. I, I really like the IDW comics a lot, and they yeah. capture that essence of the sort of these extra mutant characters, the the characters besides the turtles, and, and what's going on with them. And that's sort of like a, a continuation from the Archie stuff, where it's like you're going to focus on Mondo Gecko and you know Ray Fillet, right? Like all these characters, and I think that that's what they were really going with with this movie. I know that the director was saying that for him, they were really inspired by the toys. And that I, I think that's why they have all these weird characters in this movie. And speaking of toys, if you've never looked at, uh, there, there's tons of companies that produce turtle toys. There's still the original uh, Playmates. They still make plenty of turtle toys, nice. uh, including, including movie figures. But then there's NECA and Super 7. And both of them produce fantastic versions of uh, of these characters, especially the, the NECA ones. They're like, old cartoon accurate and they have all those crazy characters they have wing gun screws they have dirt bag and they have uh, you know Dirtbag. Uh, uh, ace duck yeah they have they have a ace ace mcquack is it or, oh i thought it was ace, ace duck but it's probably oh, ace mcquack yeah he's got like the like the the, the pilot hat and the leather yeah, jacket yeah, yeah. he's probably yeah. he's probably ace duck because if it was like ace mcquack it would be like a ducktails thing right okay. That's probably what I'm messing up there. But yeah, if you can think of a character, they probably made it and it looks exactly like the cartoon. Oh shit. Okay. All right. Well, that's awesome. I wish I had like $600 so I could buy like three of them, you know? Yeah, they are. They are they're, they're, they're a little pricey. Yeah. I saw you looking over at your shelf over there. You have some over there? I have some. Yeah. I have a Krang from that, from the cartoon. You know, I have Usagi Ojimbo. Oh, yes. I have Krang, uh, a foot soldier. Oh, and yes. And I have Bebop and Rocksteady. I have to get every Bebop and Rocksteady I find. I love them. Oh, I love Bebop and Rocksteady. And you know what? We're going to talk about them and the mutants in one second, but I, I just kept wanting to talk about the differences. So with IDW, 
um, the the IDW's main addition to the lore was, and, and you know this from reading the comics, is that the turtles were a family of humans at one point in like feudal Japan, and they were part of the Foot Clan. Splinter was a member of the Foot Clan, and they were noble. But then Uroku Saki, you know, Shredder killed him and, and they had the whole family killed. And then the turtles were essentially reincarnated as the animals that got mutated. And um, I've always liked that version. Like when we talk about Splinter's origin, right? Because Splinter's origin changes more. The turtle's origin is pretty much the same always. But Splinter's origin changes. Sometimes he's an actual rat that's like watching a human and he's trained by that human. Other times he's a human that gets mutated into a rat person. Yeah, Hamato Yoshi. Yep. Hamato Yoshi, right. And I think it always works better for me when he is a human first and then he has that that blood feud with the Shredder. What about you? I do like that a lot, although I, I, I mean, I think still to this day, my favorite incarnation is that 1990 movie where it's the opposite. Right, right, where it's just a turtle in a cage. I mean, not a turtle, a rat in a cage. Who finds a ninjutsu book. Right, right. Well, he's, he's like watching the guy, right? He's like, they show him like practicing. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, you're right. No, you're right. He was watching. Yes, he, he was watching him, but he was his like pet. Yes, I'm sorry. I got that wrong. It's okay. There's so many different versions of Splinter. And so yet again, this version of Splinter is different uh, as well. And Jackie Chan, I said this in our notes, that I feel like Jackie Chan's version of Splinter is the standout character for this movie. I feel like the movie, it's really about his arc. Yeah, and and how it mirrors Superfly. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good observation. Yeah, and so this version of Splinter, essentially he's a rat, and he's not accepted as a, even a rat before he gets mutated. Everyone is hostile to him. Other animals, humans are hostile to him. Except the and, cockroach. Except the cockroach, but then the cockroach gets stepped on. Did you hear him say he ate him too? I, I think he did say that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's fucked up, right? <laughs> so so he eventually gets mutated after he finds the turtles in the ooze, and they have this bonding moment because the turtles are kind to him as babies. Um, and it's this real funny moment, but it leads up to what I think is probably the most emotionally compelling scene of the film, where he does decide to bring the turtles up to the surface because they want to see the surface. And when he brings them up there they're immediately attacked as if they're freaks and, you know, he's worried about that. Michelangelo almost gets run over. What do you think of that scene? Oh yeah. That that's like trauma inducing. Yeah. Uh, I, it, it was, it was a perfect way to show it up and show why he feels that way. Why he's so adamant about staying in the shadows. Cause they, they don't, I mean, they always in previous incarnate uh, incarnations, they always talk about how they wouldn't be accepted because they're different looking like that, but they really accentuated that here and made that a, a major focus. Um, and then, and then it's just about how, how you go about it, you know, versus Splinter's way versus, and why he changes it, uh, and how Superfly does it with his own family. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay, so you remember in uh, the Marvel comics when we were kids, there'd be an ad for it, and um, there'd be an ad in the back that had uh, X-Men cards. And the ad said, this shows that why not everyone's favorite mutants are turtles, or the, the people's favorite mutants ain't turtles. Do you remember that ad? <laughs> Yeah. I think it had like Wolverine's claw in it too. It had to have had Wolverine. <laughs> right, right. And so like the idea of mutants as like outcasts, you get it in the IDW comic, but for most other incarnations of the turtles, you don't really get the whole sense of all the turtles are outcasts. A lot of times you'll have like uh, Raphael who kind of wears like a trench coat and he wants to try to like sneak into society. 
or maybe like Michelangelo wants to make some friends. But for the most part, it's not like everybody's an outcast because they're a mutant. But that's like the focus of this whole fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they took it that, that, to that different level. Like they're always separate from society and they do feel they would be outcasts, but they actually showed them being outcasts here, which is the difference. Yeah, yeah. And so um, that scene is great. And then Splinter essentially just watches a bunch of martial arts movies and he trains the turtles that way and i do, do you think it's interesting because it, like going along with that idea that the ultimate comics version of turtles do you think it's interesting that they're not these like amazing ninjas like they are in pretty much every other version uh i i think they they kind of are but they are a little bit younger and clumsier i think you know there's that first scene where they first uh where they get into a fight with those guys and they steal april's bike yeah, uh, you know, Donnie gets stabbed with with something. Uh, I don't remember if it was a Psy or a Ninja Star or whatever. But yeah, they're like, yeah, it's Raph Psy. Yeah, but but um, but but yeah, it just shows that they haven't been in a real fight yet. And I think they kind of come into it as, as even in the montage scene where they're taking down all those like you know crime crews. Yeah, uh, and you know, they seem to be a lot more adept there. Yeah, and even that shit's really funny where they're like, Toupee Tony, and this is normal Nick or whatever. I loved all yeah. that. Um, so let's talk about each of the individual turtles, right? I want to get your opinion on each of the four main turtles. Or sure. well, there's only four fucking turtles. Uh, I, I, I like them all, I guess. Um, they <laughs> kind of st stick to the, to the, you know, the normal uh, expected uh, archetypes. You know, Leo's the leader. Donatello, you know, is the, is the brains. Raph is, you know, a little stronger and angrier, and Michelangelo is, you know, kind of he, he's kind of branched more into uh, being a comedian than a, the party dude, I'd say. But uh, ultimately, they, they all feel very similar to how they've been portrayed in the past. See, I think they're similar, but I do think there are some pretty big differences. First of all, with Donatello, usually Michelangelo is the youngest seeming out of all of them, right? Because he's kind of immature and wild and goofy. Donatello, just because of his voice and his stature and stuff, he seems like he's the youngest out of all of them. Yes, he definitely does this time. Yeah, um, and I, I, I don't think that's – Michelangelo is usually depicted as the youngest or emotionally or age-wise. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree that uh, – honestly, I, I felt – Donatello felt a lot more like – you know, I did growing up watching all nerdy shows and oh. references Attack on Titan and, uh, and uh, Avengers and all that. and Right. So, I mean, okay, so it's, to me, it didn't seem like he was like that sort of that technical expert like he is in pretty much everything else where he's always making things with technology. It seemed more like he was like a nerdy guy that was into like nerd culture. Uh, I, I think he still kind of dabbles in that kind of engineering stuff, uh, but it, it definitely seems a little more subdued. Like, you know, and, and I, like I, I, I'm talking about the, 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 the rise of the TMNT show, like he's like a ridiculous mega genius there and he's very arrogant about it and uh, in a funny way yeah but uh, he, he kind of whips up stuff almost like a like like forgewood sort of <laughs> right right, uh, but yeah, right. But he's a lot more grounded in this i think because they i mean you can tell that you know the the technology they are using that he probably has some hand in hacking it or adapting it to for them to be able to use without having to pay for it or some shit yeah well and that kind of brings up a little side thing too Another way that they were like really realistic as teenagers is that when they're all like laying in their bunks, they're all like on screens looking at stuff. Like I feel yeah. like that's such a realistic version of teenagers versus what we often get with Ninja Turtles adaptations. Yeah. You know, and, and then like, you know, there's one part where they're like, oh, dad's texting us. You think he forgot the Roku password or something? Like, 
just the fact that they like live in the sewer, but they all have cell phones. For some reason, Michelangelo has braces. It's like, okay, yeah. little suspension of disbelief, but I, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, for Mikey, I felt like he was like the least Michelangelo of any incarnation. Because usually Michelangelo is like real silly and in your face. And I felt like he was just, you know, he was fun, but he wasn't like goofy over the top. Yeah, again, a little more subdued and grounded, I guess. Yeah, uh, in the same vein as Donatello, uh, I, I do agree with that. He seems more to be one more be an entertainer than a, a, a party person, I guess. You know, we always <laughs> think of the theme song where Michael is the party dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he like he wants to join the comedy improv team, and he wants he wants things like that, and that's that's sort of in in line with uh, past version. I would say that that has some kinship with the bay movies and then that version yeah well i haven't seen those but yeah i'm, I'm guessing okay well oh. I, so <laughs> so then uh rafael is crude but rude right right isn't that what they fucking cool say but rude. cool but rude there you go yeah he yeah he could be crude and rude because that's yeah. like the same thing okay but anyway this version of rafael i feel like he is the happiest or nicest version of rafael he talks a lot about like having rage and he, and he talks about doing violent things, but he's often yeah. like smiling like the other versions of Raphael, especially that 1990 version. Like they're always yeah. like being mean to the other turtles and yeah. like having a real attitude. Yeah. Um, again, this Raph, very similar to the rise version of Raph. He's a bit bigger uh, than the other turtles. Um, and he, he is not exactly angry is angry um and the other ones and he, but he's a lot nicer about it and he's actually more of the like the the, the leader in that show than uh leonardo is uh there's a little bit of a role reversal in that series but um yeah it's more of a i don't want to say a jock because i i don't think that's the right stereotype but it's a little more in that direction i guess okay yeah i can see that yeah like yeah. in the end you see him you see him join in the end of the movie you see him join the wrestling team like that that's exactly what i would expect yeah that's all brand for this version i think yeah he's 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 like aggressive he talks about having rage but he's aggressive but he's not really like mean-spirited yes yeah 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 that's, that's a good point yeah yeah so then um you know we've kind of talked about how splinter's different and the turtles are different april o'neill there's a big controversy over april o'neill because we live in a stupid fucking society like oh my god she's black oh my god she's unattractive right because she doesn't have like a you know supermodel body she's unattractive and it's just so fucking stupid uh, on mike bongiorno's show um we talked about how like the original original version of april o'neill you you can't necessarily tell what ethnicity she is because it's a black and white comic but it's implied that april is african-american in the original comic i i don't i'm not sure about that but i always um after seeing it, I would make that assumption, but I don't know how true that is. Uh, I, I feel like I need to research that, but I'm not, I'm not sure. Well, because Mike was saying that she's modeled on either Eastman or Laird's girlfriend, and it that, and she was an African-American woman. Okay, yeah. I mean, you look at the hair especially, and like, uh, he does, definitely does lean that way. Yeah. But uh, I haven't read specifically that that's official, I guess, is what I'm yeah. saying. The only time I ever heard of that was from Mike. And the thing yeah. is, um, at the end of this movie, there's a part where April has like taken over the newscast. And there's another reporter, and the other reporter almost looks like an older version of her, you know, with glasses. Oh, I didn't, even, I didn't notice that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's an older version. It's like it's a woman that looks like it could almost be that April from the comic. And so I'm just wondering if that's like an homage to. Okay, yeah, maybe. Version. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and then one thing, so I don't forget too, at the very end of the movie, Splinter gets knocked down and it's kind of like the darkest moment. And then a human comes and helps him. The voice of that human is uh, Kevin Eastman. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, in, cool. terms, in terms of April and her design, uh, again, I want to cite Rise of the Team NT. Uh, she's also a young black girl in that, uh, African-American yeah. in that as well. Um, and, and I think that that same division was there back then. Uh, I think both versions are great. And I think the in terms of the body type, uh, I, I think everybody's body type is just like that in this, this universe. I, I don't, you know, I think it would look weird if she looked like a supermodel at this point, you know? Um, totally agree. Everybody kind of looks a little weird and cartoonish and stylized. So I, I think it works perfectly. I, I thought April was really great. Uh, I, I, I do agree with you. I saw your notes about her her vomiting uh, was hysterical. Yeah. I mean, to me, that was the funniest fucking part of the whole movie. When she throws up, you know? Yeah, especially the second time. Yeah, yeah. So good. I mean, it's a, it's a legitimately funny movie. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and also with my notes, you appreciate the fact that she is like a teenager like the Turtles too? Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. I, I have no no notes. I, I You know, no, no issues with this movie whatsoever. Good job, Seth Rogen and yeah, three other seriously. guys that made this movie. Make more comics, please. <laughs> yes, yes. More comic adaptations. Um, because I, I personally like it that she's a teenager too, because then it kind of puts her in the same boat as the turtles. She has her own little arc, which is great. You know, she has to kind of make up yeah. for the fact that she threw up on the school news show. I love that. And it also, when you think about it, it's kind of weird to have this like 20-something-year-old woman or this 30-something-year-old woman like living with these teenage mutants, you know? Yeah, well, I think in that sense, you know, they're always called the teenage mutant ninja turtles, but they're never they're not often presented as teenagers i think i think they present as a lot older than that so it never seemed weird but yeah. like if you would have had these characters and an, and, a, and an april that looked more like the old cartoon that would have been really weird i think <laughs> uh, especially with the implied you know uh romantic attraction that leonardo had to her in this which is also a funny thing to me it's you know that they, they kind of uh depending on the series there's, there's always somebody different that's like interested in april in that way you know like right. Uh, I, I would say it's probably Michelangelo in the, the Bay movies. Um, it's Donatello in that 2011 one. It is. I don't know if, it is. If, if, if anybody is in the, in the live action movies in the 90s, I would say maybe Raph, but um, not, not, not really, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But then, of course, you have like the romance with Casey Jones in April in that. And then yeah. that continues into other versions, too, like the TMNT version. Um, you know, that movie, we haven't really talked about that movie at all, but I love you know, that movie too. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and in that version and in, um, the 2011 version, April is younger too. She's like a kid in the 2011 yeah. version too. Yeah. All right. So we covered the main people. Now let's get into these mutants. You said before that, like, you didn't talk about Leo at all. <laughs> oh, okay. Think, okay. I, there's not much to say. Really? He's the typical leader. He does feel like more of a main character here. I think. Uh, I yes. think if I had to pick one that got a little more focus, it's definitely him. And and again, similarity with Rise of the Team NT. Like I feel like he got a little bit of a spotlight there as well. Yeah, well, I mean, it's because he's into April that they essentially get roped into this whole thing, right? Yeah. He he's the one that's attracted to April this time around. You know, like it's Donatello, like you said, or Michelangelo. This time it's him, yeah. and that's kind of just guiding their uh, actions. So, yeah, I, I thought he was great in this, too. All the kids, because they had all kids voice all the turtles, and that they all did a great job, too. Yep. All great. Uh, so, with the other mutants, I think you said this before, but this is in my notes, too, where it's like, 
they don't necessarily bring a lot. Like, I don't even think that they have distinct funny lines besides maybe like what Paul, like Mondo Gecko says. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, they might have some lines. and I think they're all aimed to be humorous or just very um, kind of just matter of fact, sort of on the side. I, I, they're not, for the most part, not delivering any relevant plot information or anything like that. They're just kind of there for world build, building purposes, I think. Yeah. Do you think that this would have worked if there was less mutants? Like if there was like maybe just like four other mutants? Instead? No, I'm always, I always want more characters. More characters. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's the whole Transformers thing, right? That's my whole Transformers thing. More characters, just, just that's what I want. Yeah, I think, you know, you might be right. I In my notes, I was saying that maybe it would have been better if there was like less and like we focused more on them that gave them more personality, more lines. Yeah. But I mean, sorry, you know, you finish. Well, no, it's just that from our childhood, these toys, that's the appeal is like looking at the back of the box and just seeing all these other fucking characters that you can pick and just being excited. And that's what this movie is. It's just like, Oh, there's this one. And then there's a, there's a cockroach one. There's an alligator one, you know, it's, it's exciting. Um, as much as I, if I had to remove anybody uh, out of the, the whole mutant, little mutant crew there, I, I as much as I love people have Rhapsody, as I mentioned earlier, uh, I feel like they they didn't they don't fit there. Like I I, I right. so associate them with being evil henchmen, you know? Right. So right. It's, it's weird. It's weird to see them as protagonists or like on the you know the good guy side, you know? Right. Right. And they end up in the fucking sewer with the rest of the mutants at the end. Yeah. Yeah, um, that was a little weird. I mean, I know most of uh, all those other characters are villainous too. Every single one of them, oh, not every single one. Uh, Genghis wasn't, and I don't think Mondo Gecko was either. No, um, Mondo Gecko is not usually bad. But in the comics, in the IDW comics, there's the team of the Mutanimals, right? Or yeah. Mutanimals. And that's yeah. that's going all the way back to the Archie comics. And they are usually sided with uh, Old Hob, who's like this cat in yep. the IDW comics. And they can be kind of villainous, you know? Um, Going with your point of Bebop and Rocksteady, there's so many different versions of them, too, because they're, like, main turtle characters. And my favorite versions of Bebop and Rocksteady are not, like, the goofy idiot versions of them, but, like, where they're, like, scary. Like, in the yeah. IDW comics, they're, they're actually very scary. Like, yeah, I think they're very scary in that. <laughs> yeah. Like, one of them they, has, they, like, They do some real damage to Donatello at some point, don't they? They, they pretty much, like, kill Donatello. He's, yeah. like, you know, just barely alive in the comics. Um and in this, they're kind of intimidating, but there's nothing more to them. That they're just sort of like side characters, ancillary they're characters. They, they're they're filling the same role they did in the original show, essentially, but just on a different side, I guess. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, I personally think that like uh, Ice Cube as Superfly is another standout character, just like Splinter. Yeah, was fantastic, and again, the the mirror of those two characters was so uh integral to me loving this movie yeah it's great because he does this great job of having a balance between like being funny and being intimidating yeah you know he's scary you don't want like you don't want him to figure out that the turtles are actually going to betray him because then you're like oh shit he's going to hurt them yeah uh and, and again they had that kind of thing where it's like the way he was talking at first it was like oh well maybe this isn't so bad and then they have him kind of do the unspeakable action to make yes. him like, oh, oh, no, villain, villain, bad guy. Yeah, that's that's yet another really funny part of the movie where they're like, I don't know, we could do baby dropping or something. Like, remember they said all these crazy fucking things they would do? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I love that part. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's like that Marvel thing, right? Where it's like, oh wait, we re- relate to the character, but then oh, they went too far. Yeah. Um, did you see the most recent uh, Honest trailer with the Secret Invasion? Uh, no, I haven't yet. Okay, okay. Uh, after we're done, if you want to check it out, they actually make a whole joke about that exact thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, man. So, so tell me before we kind of wrap this up, what what scenes did you really like? Like, what made this a like a good movie for you? Um, really, the whole thing. I, like, the, the family stuff is always key to me. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a good conflict, I think. Uh, you know, having having a villain that that had similar uh, ideals and intentions, but with a different way of doing it is, is always a good thing to me. Um, I, uh, I just the fact that they're inexplicably tied to New York, which is where we're from and are so familiar with, too. Um, yeah, the art style, the, the voice, everything. Just, I, I really enjoy this movie a lot. Yeah, ditto. I, I pretty much feel the exact same way as you. Um, I'm kind of surprised it's not doing as well as I had been led to believe. Everyone seemed to love it online. The fact that it had like 94%, I, I think I set the bar kind of high for my expectations, but it pretty much like came almost up to that point. Yeah. You know, and another funny thing, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring it up, but like all the times they referenced being milked. Oh really yeah. Funny. Okay. So it was, yes, it was funny. It was totally funny. Maybe they just did it a little bit too much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a little bit, like they could have like rolled rolled that back maybe twenty percent. Yeah, you know, and it would have yeah, been a lot they, funnier overall. Right, because they do mention it like eighteen times in the movie. Yeah, it was like a little bit too many times. Yeah, yeah. Long so, <laughs> <laughs> so are you able to do a ranking or no? Yeah, I, I can do a ranking. I, I can include whatever or whatever you don't want to include. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. So um, when when Brian and I were talking about this, um, I mentioned how I haven't seen the Bay films, and I thought that we should just stick to movies that got theatrical releases. There's like a Ninja Turtles meet Batman movie, and there's like the Rise of the Ninja Turtles movie too, right? But it's also fantastic, honestly. Okay, okay. Well, I'm gonna maybe check it out because if you're saying that, I'm, I think it's worth checking out. Yeah. But um, so that basically leaves us with the three live action movies from the early '90s. It leaves us with uh, TMNT um, and then this movie, right? I don't think I'm forgetting anything there. Well, so, I'm, I'm going to throw in the Bay movies because I saw them. And, you okay. know, if you put the criteria here, you can obviously sure. leave them out if you need to. <laughs> yeah, please, please. So how about um, I'll go first then since, uh, you know, you have the Bay movies to add to, okay? Sure. All right, all right. So for my rankings, out of all the movies, I'm going to go from least favorite to most favorite. So my least favorite one is uh, The Secret of the Ooze from 1991. That's my least favorite. What? <laughs> Are you okay over there? Wow. <laughs> what, you love Secret of the Ooze? I kind of do. <laughs> okay, sorry. Okay, I, wow, that, that's that's a surprise. I mean, I was fully expecting to hear uh, the third one. Okay, so, okay. I, I got a point for that. Okay. The third one is my number four. So these there's five movies on my list. Okay. Number four is the third one. The reason why I like the third one better is because the way that Secret of the Ooze gets resolved is that the Shredder takes the Ooze, becomes a Super Shredder, and then essentially just destroys himself. Which even as a kid, I was like, I think this is pretty dumb. And Super then... Shredder's iconic. 
I know he's iconic, okay. but he kills All himself. Right. Fair, right? fair. And then, and then Toka and Razor are essentially Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah, but, but that, that that's a legal issue. Uh, like they couldn't legally get the the rights to use those characters because they're associated with they're created for the cartoon and not the comics. And these are more associated with that. Right, right. I, I know, but like regardless of whether it's actually Bebop and Rocksteady or Token Razor, I just think the way that Token Razor are used, it's not, they're not like intimidating. They, I, they are intimidating. Go ahead. Well, yeah, no, they're, they're intimidating in the sense that they're very strong, but I mean, they're babies. That's, that's, right. that's like my favorite line in any of these movies. Oh, Jesus Christ. He's going to rank the secret of the ooze as number one. I'm scared. No, I'm not. No, it's not. It's absolutely not. But I was, I'm okay. very surprised to hear it below number three. Okay. Well, I feel like I know what your number one is going to be. So, so five is Secret of the Ooze. Four is the third one, which sometimes has the subtitle of Turtles in Time. Um, three. Wait, what? I've never heard that. Turtles in Time is a video game. No, I understand that. I know that. I know that. But I think that I've seen like DVDs and stuff on uh, in Walmart where it says Turtles in Time. But maybe, okay, maybe that's not like an official subtitle. Maybe they just put it on there to make it more marketable. Okay. Anyway, three, and I have some reluctance saying this, three is TMNT. Like, okay. with, with these three movies, there was multiple times where I was like, any one of these could be number one. But three was TMNT from 2007, and then two was this Mutant Mayhem movie, and then number one was the 1990s live-action movie. Yeah, uh, I, uh, my, mine is not different than yours, really, except for that one major mission there. That's like, to me, that that's like me saying ranking black panther low for you you know like okay. that's what that felt like to me um I understand. So, I understand. again i'm including the the bay movies which i did not like uh so they're at the bottom so the really? second one out of the shadows is at the bottom uh and the first one the first uh bay movie from 2014 is below that wow then i have turtles three yeah then i have secret of the use okay. which i okay. do love which i do love so we just really reversed them one slot essentially yeah but but I, I have a, I love that movie. Then I also have um, TMNT. I, I love that movie too. And then I, I put Mutant Mayhem as two. Uh, and and you know the ninety movies yeah. is, is the pinnacle to me. Um, that's what got me kind of back into buying turtle figures, which I was gonna kind of admin about a while. Is like they released a set of them, and that that's what I always wanted. The the, the movie toys from back when we was out were were awful. <laughs> And the ones now, they they look exactly like the movie, and it's fantastic. Um, but oh. that that movie is is a huge part of my childhood and growing up. And mm -hmm. um, you know, it's still, you know, I, I don't think it could be topped to me, no matter how good something is. I, I don't think the nostalgia there is going to add as you know some factor there. Um, just to, to to throw out the other things, I have seen all the other movies too. So. Uh, you know, there's Turtles Forever, which is which is a, a the kind of the finale of the O3 series, yeah. where they kind of they kind of come into contact with the original cartoon turtles mm -hmm. and the and black and white comic versions too. That's also pretty fantastic. Um, the rise of the TMNT movie, which I actually watched today, uh, okay. I never seen it before. It is fantastic. I put it very very close to Mutant Mayhem. Honestly, it's that good. Wow. Um, okay. So I, I, if you haven't watched it, I really recommend it. And then Batman vs. Timothy is really great too. Um, it's one of the, like Turtles crossover with just about everybody in comics these days. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Power Rangers, they've done Batman. Uh, they're doing Street Fighter right now and Stranger Things. Stranger Things, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably forgetting something too, but they are everywhere. Um, 
there, there's even a toy series of them versus Cobra Kai. So, Cobra Kai, yes, yes, um, yes, yes. So um, where was I going with that? I forgot. How they cross over and they cross over with Batman. Crossovers. Oh, oh, Batman versus Steven T. It, it, it's a it's a pretty damn good comic, honestly. I uh, there's three of them. I've only read two two volumes of it, but it, it it's fun. That reminds me of a thing that you forgot as far as them crossovering or crossing over. Uh, Power Rangers. I, I, that was the first one I said. I'm an asshole. Okay, never mind. Make course of those two. <laughs> Oh. oh man oh man i love turtles i love power rangers too um yeah it, it, yeah and i've actually really loved talking about this with you because it seems like your passion for ninja turtles it's not as high as your passion for transformers but holy shit you know what you're talking about you know it's funny because you know growing up turtles was i think my biggest phase uh yeah. it, it was it was he-man uh, it was then Transformers, then Turtles, and then I would say Star Wars in the late 90s when they, the movies came back. Yep. Um, but Turtles was the – I remember a lot more of that than I do anything else from being a kid. Right. Um, but um, – and and really the, the the funny thing about Transformers and my love of Transformers is that, you know, me running into a, a random set of toys in there, and it's really from a throwaway comment from my dad about the movie. Like, he just – randomly said it one day he's like you know that was actually a pretty good movie and i'm like yeah it was a really good movie and i had watched it a thousand times i had it on uh mm-hmm. like a bootleg copy out of a, a rental and i watched it a, a billion times but i yeah. had i had more turtle toys than i had transformers when i was a kid which is probably right. shocking right exactly right right yeah yeah no i understand though i understand because it's like right at the time the turtles came out you know it's like it's like that perfect time for us you know um like i remember i I remember the first time i found an actual turtle figure in a toys r us there was a freaking wall like a giant wall of all figures and it was all shredder and splinter and i looked behind every freaking thing and i found one Raphael. and uh, i was i i remember the the joy of that moment still to this day Yes, yes. Uh, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like get, getting Casey Jones is a big deal for me like that. Yeah. You know, um, and then I, I just I just want to bring this up. It's not really connected to any of the other stuff we were saying. But when I was a kid, I, I lived in the same house as my cousins. And there's two boy cousins and a girl. And me and the two boy cousins who were younger than me. Uh, we would be really into Ninja Turtles. They had a lot more of the figures than I did. But um, my uncle, who was a firefighter and then he became a carpenter, he like made turtle weapons for us to where we had like swords and nunchucks and stuff. Right. And I remember like there'd be times at least once, but I think multiple times he was a bald dude, but he would wear bandanas a lot. And he put his bandana in front of his face like this and he pretended to be the shredder and we'd all attack him and he'd like sweep us our legs and shit, you know? Yeah. Um, Great, great times, man. I have two embarrassing things. Well, one's not so embarrassing. I was uh, a Ninja Turtle for Halloween three times in my youth. Yeah, uh, the only, I, I wasn't Donatello. I was uh, I was Raphael, Leonardo, and Michelangelo at various points. I don't remember the order. And this is super embarrassing, and I I feel guilt about this to this day. Oh I was God. so obsessed with Ninja Turtles. My dad had a van. He he, he drove around in a van. That was his car. It was a van because he did lots of like side work, uh, you know, like um, handyman stuff on sure. the side. And yeah. uh, and my grandfather, who was uh, t- to me like a great artist, um, and. Uh, he, he painted Leonardo on the side of the van to, to make it a turtle van. And my dad drove around and God bless him. 
for years. <laughs> and like I, I, I'm like thinking like, oh God, that's so horrible. Why, why did I, why was I okay with this like back then? Why was this exciting? No, this is so embarrassing. Holy shit, that is yeah. love. Man. I will try and find a picture of that, and maybe we can use that as a background for our next review or something like that. Because I sure. one has to exist somewhere. That is a loving father. Holy shit, you better. You better say that at his funeral when you know. He's oh yeah, man. that a hundred percent. That will be said. <laughs> awesome! Wow! Holy shit! <laughs> so, as you guys can see, we really love the turtles. We have a great nostalgia for them. Um, coming up, I think next week we have what Blue Beetle, right? Uh yeah, Blue Beetle's yeah, yeah. next. Blue Beetle. I know they're kind of. Oh no, no, no! Because it's it's the end of next week, so we technically don't have anything next week. <laughs> okay. Off screen, we'll talk about what we're going to yeah. do. But, but Blue Beetle's coming up. We have other things on the horizon like Ahsoka. Um, so we can talk about those things too. We hope that you guys enjoyed our Turtles discussion. Let us know who your favorite turtle is and also where you would rank Mutant Mayhem on your list of turtle movies. Wait, so, who's your favorite turtle? Who's your favorite turtle? We had to tell them oh, before uh, uh, Michelangelo for me. Okay, that's my son's favorite, and mine is Leonardo. So, yeah, me, me and Clementine are the same. We both like uh, Michelangelo, oh, but she also one likes. One more, I'm sorry, one more embarrassing turtle moment. Oh, um, here we go. When I announced the birth of my son, we photoshopped a, a player select screen of the Ninja Turtle arcade game. So I was I was player one, and then Kristen was player two, and my dog was player three, and then Brandon was coming soon. Insert coin soon was Brandon. <laughs> So I see that, that was how we announced to the world that we were having a child. I don't think that's embarrassing. I think that's pretty fucking awesome, actually. It's pretty cool, but um, I, yeah, it's just a funny anecdote of, of how how much the Eternal have influenced my life my life over the years. Yeah, shit, man. Obviously, it's been a big role. Yeah, cool. Well, we're two forty-something-year-old men, and we're wearing you know t-shirts with cartoon characters on them, and we love y'all, and uh, we'll talk to you guys real soon. 